If you could go back and speak to 20-year-old Jamison uh, right before he was about to start writing, like going on tour writing, being like, I am a journalist, I'm going to own this space, what would you say to him knowing what you know now? Oh, I definitely write more stuff down. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 98 of the Between You and Me podcast, the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris. I am an Aussie music journalist, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for Christian music news, reviews, and interviews. Go and check them out. I am so excited for today's episode because I normally speak to musicians, and I love that. There is so much to learn from them, but occasionally I get to speak to my peers in that the journalists and speaking to a journalist who identifies as a Christian is such a privilege and a luxury for me uh, because we tend to have the same sort of mindset. We look for stories in a similar way um, and we both carry the tension of carrying out ethics and our morals while writing a good story and while sharing truth with people. So when my friend Jamison Ketchum approached me and said, hey, I'm releasing a memoir, a book about how I found faith and experienced God through secular, through music, I was stoked. Now, Jamison and I have known each other for years, but we only really connected over these last few months. We both interned years ago at different times at To Write Love in Her Arms, and I had followed him uh, in the afterglow of that time and saw that he was a journalist, saw that he was a Christian, and was always just awed by the people that this guy hung out with and talked to. People like John Foreman or Aaron Gillespie or, you know, Underoath or Rob Bell or all these people that always felt like like they had so much to give and, and that there was so much edginess to them. Like they really did a lot of grappling, but they weren't quite in the Christian Christian market. They were out of that. Um, and that is an area that, that I would love to explore more. But it's hard because a lot of those people have been burned by the church or they've been rejected by the Christian music industry. So the fact that Jamison has built relationships with them and has actually done touring with so many of these people and they trust him to share their story is pretty cool. In any case, I had Jamison on to talk about his new book, Name Dropping. It is about secret creative truth through trendy altruism and punk rock. And if that is not the most 90s church kids subtitle I've ever heard in my life, I will eat my hats or sing a VeggieTales silly song or something. What you are going to hear today is an interview with Jamison Ketchum about his book Name Dropping, but about how he grew up in this non-denominational Christian culture and started to redefine his faith and experience God in new ways through the music industry and through his time as a journalist. He is brutally honest about heartbreak, about lost dreams, uh, about success and redefining his identity, all things that... I just love to hear about. So you're going to hear a quick bio about Jamison Ketchum, and then we're going to go straight into this interview. Now, normally I would play music by the artist, right? I can't do that today, but we have handpicked some songs from bands that Jamison has worked with and is good friends with, so you will hear them through this episode. If you are looking for a detailed list of those song titles and those bands, make sure you check out the show notes. Okay, friends, here we go. Meet Jamison Ketchum. Follow Jamison Ketchum on Instagram about eight years ago. At the time, I was interning with a non-profit to write love in her arms, and I made it my personal mission to connect with every former intern who had paved the way for me at the organisation. Now, over the years, a lot of those followers have faded away, naturally as life changes, so does my Instagram feed. But I still kept Jamison on there. Why? Well, he was a music journalist. And not just that, he was a Christian. Now, finding both a Christian and a journalist in music can feel like a really bizarre niche. 
especially when the aforementioned journalist doesn't write for Christian media. We're sort of like an unusual rare breed of rainbow unicorn in a field of rare unusual purple unicorns, if you like. So finding someone I identified with, I followed Jamison's career. I watched him launch his podcast called Godspeed, where he interviewed authors, musicians, actors, and comics. And I dreamed of connecting with the sort of people and telling the stories that he told. He had John Foreman of Switchfoot, Aaron Gillespie of Underoath and The Almost. He spoke to Kevin Mack from DC Talk and a hundred more niche alternative rock bands I wish still that I was cool enough to know about. So when Jamison announced that he was releasing a book, a memoir about how music and journalism had shaped his faith, I was beyond excited. And today, July 16, 2021, it is finally time to release the book Name Dropping to the World, all about secret creative truth through trendy altruism and punk rock. Now, before we get to the book, let's start with who Jamison Ketchum is, shall we? I mean, aside from an Instagram or Twitter follow back in 2013. Now, today, Jamison lives with his wife in the northwest of America. An entertainment journalist, he has worked as a publicist, a tour manager, an editing manager, a contributing writer, a photographer, a reviewer, a marketer, and a podcaster, just to top it off. Jamison has had bylines in everything from New Noise Magazine to HeartSupport.com, AMP Magazine, TripleXChurch.com, HM Magazine, and more. And he's written features on people like Kevin Bacon, Brooks Whelan of Saturday Night Live, Mark Normand, and Rob Bell. Growing up in a non-denominational Christian household, Jamison was well acquainted with quote-unquote Christian music from a young age. And in his teens, he started to experience God at rock concerts, in metal bands, and on tours, not just in self-proclaimed Christian bands or Christian tours. A longtime friend of the band, Full Star, he toured with them in his 20s, in addition to a myriad of other bands. Jamison also interned and worked with non-profits and startups, including To Write Love on Her Arms. Through this all, he experienced heartbreak and deconstruction, and he learned about what success really meant to him. And he wrote. Now these stories are in his new book, Name Dropping. I spoke to Jamison about finding God in secular culture, about why he is so passionate about his podcast, Godspeed, and what his greatest hopes are now that his story is out in the world. Meet our new friends, Jamison Ketchum. I feel like there are probably a handful of people listening to this podcast who have met you before or also listened to Godspeed. But for people who don't, who is Jamison Ketchum? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I, I feel like I forget, it sounds really dumb, but I forget that I have a podcast often. Um, only because I've been really inconsistent with it, trying to focus on the book stuff for a while. Yeah, so yeah, I have a podcast called Godspeed uh, that's been around four or five years now. And uh, that was kind of just, I was doing a ton of music journalism stuff to begin with, reviews and interviews and all that. And before, uh, when podcasting, I think, started to get bigger, and then it started to be, uh, we had more access to doing it. Like, the average person could spend not a lot of money and, like, get one going themselves. I thought, this seems like what is probably the natural progression of what I'm doing now. Um, I think every time I sat down to transcribe an interview... As you probably know, you're just like, why can't this, why can't someone just listen to my recording? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? So I think that yeah, that just became like, oh, what an easy fix and an easy trans like yeah progression for what we're doing now. Um, and yeah, it's just been it's it's certainly been built off the back of like everything I did prior. So I I feel like hopefully one of my strengths is sort of networking and making connections with, with the bands and the right people to where I can talk to them multiple times where like my, the, the episode that's up right now is Matt Briner from August Burns Red. And he might've been like the first part, one of the very first people I ever interviewed for anything ever in like 2009. So yeah, to be like, Hey, it's like, and we've talked, you know, many times over the years, but it's definitely cool to see that full circle over 10 years moment of like starting here uh, going a lot of different places, but ultimately I still have those relationships that started back then that I can call on today. So Godspeed is a ton of musician uh, interviews. I definitely love having authors and comics and actors on as well, but because I spent so many years obsessing over music and bands, that's you know that's a lot easier to get right now. So yeah. and talking, I don't know about you, but talking to people um, 
like I've really got into comedy the last couple of years, and so I wanted to have more comics on the show, and I've had a good handful. Um, but comedy, I think, is maybe something that is just odd. It sounds weird to say, but odd to talk about, or like it's not. You don't feel like you're asking the same. Like, so what's your process? You know, what inspired this? Because the because the whole profession is based on a joke, and so. Um, and there's some people that do want to dive into it, but others that are just kind of like, I don't know, just I like being silly, and yeah, I mean, obviously there's more to it that to, to what they're doing, but they might not want to dive as deep into yeah. it in the conversation. Yeah. yourself sort of covering like alternative rock bands you have a branch in some cool christian music which is nearly impossible to do so congratulations there um and and you so you sort of spread yourself over all those areas how did you actually create that part that that path for you like as a freelance journalist because like we can work for organizations on the side but it's difficult to actually create that niche for yourself right yeah, um, I think because growing up and listening to Christian music, uh, and that really, like, if I, you and I have talked about this, but if I really trace back as far as I can go for, like, a band or a style that I was, that first hooked me, it'd probably be, like, the Newsboys, outside of, like, you know, whatever my parents listened to in the car, something that I chose on my own was probably, you know, Newsboys, DC Talk, which is the story for a lot of us around our age, so um, I think... I knew that I wanted to do something in that world and the more, and, and again, back in like 09 or 2010, the more that I got into it and started doing reviews and interviewing bands, I really enjoyed that, but I felt like there was a cap to it that I was approaching. Um, and not that I'm like, man, I just sat there with Michael W. Smith and, and Amy Grant and I just, I've done it all. So let's move on. It wasn't even that. It was just, I think, realizing, looking ahead that it was going to, I was going to top out soon. Um, and the, the publication that I started with that I, that a friend and I started together was like on heavy Christian music too. It was like August Burns Red, um, O Sleeper. So at the time I was like, okay, cool. This is a whole other, you know, it's not just the newsboys. It's not just audio adrenaline. There's this whole other world to it. And that's great. But same thing where it was like, if we're going to limit ourselves to this genre, quote genre, um, it's going to end. And I think it came at the exact right time where it was like, there. of course, there's always new bands coming out, but as you get older, you hit, you know, whether it's 25 or 30, you hit that, like, no new bands, I'm just going to listen to what I like. It's <laughs> gonna so take true. To, yeah. yeah, if you're new, it's going to take a lot to impress me, and uh, that's a whole other conversation. But, <laughs> so I, I, yeah. think there, I think for me, it was just, like, the perfect mix then of, like, this, there's only so much I can do here and I'm not getting that excited about new stuff. Um, and there was stuff that was getting to me and impacting me that wasn't in the quote Christian world that was impacting me and influencing me more than these bands were. Um, and I don't know about you, but I feel like whether it was explicitly said or not, when you're kids and you come up in youth group and all that, um, you know, worship, the idea of worship can only be done through a Christian band. It can only be done at a worship show. Uh, so, 
I remember, I, I love telling the story, but I remember going to see Jimmy Eat World with a friend. And I, had, I think I'd seen him once or twice by that point. And the friend that I took hadn't seen him and was this giant fan. So I was like excited for him to see him. And it was just the perfect show. And when we walked out, he was like, man, that was like, ah, like that was like so worshipful. You know, like I just like, I felt God so hard in that room. And like, and I was like, yeah, wait a second. Like, yes. and it was such a silly revelation, but to be like, of course, of course you can feel these things when it's not in a designated worship service yeah. or concert or whatever. So I think the more that those bands started impact me sometimes more deeply than those Christian bands, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a thing I want to get into. This is, uh, this is the next step of, uh, of music journalism, I think mm-hmm. in general. So I could go on about that. Oh, I love that. No, so I love that. So I've only seen Jimmy Eat World once, but it was actually at the Big Day Out Festival in Tampa. It was like one of my last my last week as, my, as an intern at To Write Love in Her Arms. And I remember oh, stepping out of the booth for that. So I just enjoy that because of Christmas. But the, the idea oh, of like feeling God, like and experiencing God in like a quote unquote secular concert i totally get that that's like my i miss live music so much at the moment because so often like when it's great you can just close your eyes and you just like it's just like yeah it's just something so much bigger than you i love that yeah and there's there's bands there's so many bands this is i feel like kind of what led to the book was that there were so many bands uh in in the christian world and without that yeah that were just impacting me that way mm-hmm. where I could go to a dashboard show and yeah, spend a few minutes closing my eyes and just being like, Oh, I don't know what that feeling was, but mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I can't get that from, you know, playing video games at home. There's just, there's like a, a legit magic to a lot of those bands. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal to realize that the like worship is everywhere, potentially everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it can come through different means. It can come through different art forms and stuff. And all of that sounds like so duh to say today. No, but it's so good and you gave me such a great quotable then. Are you a creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. 
go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um so tell me how that your book your memoir name dropping came about yeah I, I i started to feel like my memory was going really bad so i'm, I'm only 35 so all of this stuff is making me sound like i'm way older than i am but hang in there you're doing great would, yeah i think people <laughs> would like bring up stories from like uh like i did a, i did like a couple tours in my 20s with this band fall star um and people, yeah, and people would bring up, you know, like, oh, remember when this happened and that? And I'm like, man, I'm really forgetting these. And they were, like, so important and so cool at the time. And I know that I wrote in journals a lot when I toured, but I, I think after a while, you know, you get lazy. You go from, like, these eloquent, like, the sun was setting that night and blah, blah, And then it goes to, you're just, like, bullet points of, like, then this guy said this, then this thing happened, and yeah. I'm done. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to start writing down what I can remember from, it started with the tour stories, I'm going to write down what I can remember, and if nothing else, these will just be shared with the people that were there, um, or, or if nothing else, I'll just have them for myself, and if I ever have kids one day or something, um, these, you know, like, maybe these will be cool eventually, and I think I just got super carried away, and then started writing stories, yeah, started writing stories from interviews, um, then from working for different nonprofits, and I was like, if I can find some sort of through line to these stories, this could be a book or this could be a blog series or something. Like if there's a way to connect these things with something, um, I think this could be a thing. And I, it was always a goal to like publish at least one book in my lifetime. And yeah, so it all just came together, hopefully just right. We'll yeah. <laughs> no, it's so exciting. I love it. I, I, there are so few books on the market that, that fit your niche like I think of Knox McCoy a little bit but like yours yeah. yours like in music and your work as a journalist makes what you do really unique so as a fellow journal I know you sent me a pdf I'm so excited by it because it's just it's something that I'm like wait they're my people I know that I can learn yeah. from that like I love it um so that's ah I love that so cool what are your I'm gonna throw it to a to write love phrase now what are your biggest fears and biggest dreams for this Ooh. book oh well let me say first that i uh i read knox mccoy's the wondering years a couple years back when it came out and that was like a big that was a boost in the middle of writing this book that was like yeah get back on this um and these type this type of humor and stuff can be done so i i love that guy um biggest fears and biggest dreams for the book mm -hmm. i think this uh, I'll do dreams first. Actually. <laughs> um, yes. I think, like, I, I definitely want to encourage anyone that wants to work in the music industry at all. Um, I definitely talk about how, like, I don't have a degree in journalism. I didn't even finish my English degree. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, like, intern at Capitol Records or something. Like, there's so much access to this industry right now that, yeah, you're going to work for free for a long time. Um, but I like I remember how incredible that was, like like interning or uh, being a freelancer for stuff like Substream or Alternative Press or Ant Magazine and knowing, like, and of course at the time I didn't care I wasn't getting paid because you're getting paid and you're getting free music, sometimes months in advance. Um, it's also, hey, I know I'm not paying you, but do you want to go interview Bring the Horizon next week at the show? Like, there's so many perks. Um, and on top of building your resume for the next thing. So there's so much, if, if you're good enough, there's so much access to that right now. So I hope that there's stuff in there where I'm almost talking myself down in order to say, you can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need all these, all these big degrees or anything like that to at least get started. Mm -hmm. And at the worst, start your own thing. That's, that's the other thing you have access to is start a podcast. Start what a we did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, the, the whole, like, just start, just do the thing, uh, I think got to be really important to me of, it, it's, it's, you know, you don't have to sit and plan for six months to a year. Um, there's things that you can do to start building your, your resume and your credibility now. 
the worst, like, go to shows and talk to bands and introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I felt like I was doing that before I knew that it meant anything or that I was going to do anything with it. I just thought, this guy wrote a song that I've had on repeat for a week. That's a big deal. I want to go say thank you. And some of those things later turned into, hey, you know, can I interview you now that I have a thing? And yeah, so all, all that stuff is just building blocks. Um, Fear-wise, um, I had no idea how this would work in terms of like telling other people's stories and like, uh, you know, name dropping other, other people and stuff. <clears throat> so there was at least one story that I had to remove late in the game from the book. And I'm okay with it, um, but I certainly, and I, I did everything that I could to like send this to all the people involved. I wanted, of course, everyone, and it's not like it's a book full of negative stories, but I just thought these are people I'm trying to like pay tribute to. I would hate if they were like, hey, that's not how that happened, or I wouldn't say that, even though it's all like glowing positivity. Um, but so I, yeah, certainly a fear would just be that someone that I look up to or talk about is maybe like not stoked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's certainly, the book is certainly meant to be a tribute to how great all these bands and people are. So, uh, minus one or two little funny negative things here and there, but you know, I try to protect the innocent too. Nice. No, I, um, I get that on a different, different level when I wrote my, my book, certainly all the people in there, I don't think there was. Oh, there may have been a couple of people in there who were somewhat notable, but no one would know. Um, and I gave everyone a false name. <laughs> and so I actually had a person a couple of, not last year, say to me, oh, whatever happened with, I think it was Charlie. And I was like, who's Charlie? I don't even know who Charlie is. And so that was just random moments like that. But, yeah, it's I always wonder, like there are some people who, like, you're close to and you check with. And then there are other people who, like, had just random encounters with you. are like, did they ever realize that they were in my book? I don't even know if they were yeah. in my book. <laughs> yes. I think, there, yeah, there's some people that I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to send this to you. I, yes. If you find it at random and have a problem, you know, that's a different story. But I'm not going to purposely make sure you see it. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that so much. Oh, yeah, I get that. Come on home and let yourself heal. You could sleep for a thousand years And I won't let you disappear Let your heart beat here You've been running far and wide Doing what you hope is right Chasing what you feel inside Take your path is mine I feel it in my ribs Feel it in my soul The pulse just grows So loud and so clear Let your heart beat here Let your heart Your faith is part of part of your journalism in the sense that you, when it's relevant, you'll talk about it and you dive into Christian music with everything else. Um, how has your career in music journalism and in this, this music world redefined your faith over time? Yeah, I think that's where I found the connecting piece to make the book make sense um, was that, you know, like the Jimmy World thing I told you earlier, but... Um, I don't know, for one, I don't know that there's many, uh, books or even podcasts out there that are dabbling like in both things. Um, I also know that I read publications when I was younger that I felt like were, they were faith-based, but were really forcing it. Um, and that's something I've, I've kind of changed my mind on a little bit just over time, but the, the bigger thing was, was making sure that the integrity of like what you were writing about and who you were talking to was accurate. So yeah. I, I'm thinking of a certain publication, but would kind of shoehorn, you know, they did interview interviewing the singer from Corn, uh, you know, about the new album, everything's relevant and on pace. And then all of a sudden it's, Hey, you know, what do you think about Jesus? And for the most part, 
they're pretty caught off guard with that type of question. Um, and ultimately, it's irrelevant to that person. Um, so to, to try to like shoehorn in that type of thing, I would, it makes me cringe for one, so I don't think I could ever do it. Um, but I think it just goes against, yeah, the integrity of what you're trying to do in the first place and, and honoring what that person is there to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, but at, at the same time, I think I've maybe grown in faith more because of like the quote secular stuff that I've been involved in. Um, I can't imagine like only doing the Christian world stuff, uh, art wise up until this point. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think it would have happened, but I think, man, if I was still only in that world, what would that look like today? Um, would I have broadened my horizons creativity, you know, in, in creativity and in faith? And, and I don't think that's true. So, and I, and I don't also want to be that cliche person that's just bashing, bashing all the CCM stuff. Um, because honestly, through your podcast too, I've come back around to, you know, I had Phil Joel on right after you did, yeah. um, but come back around to appreciating what that stuff was for me when I was younger. And then also talking to guys like that today, I think a few years ago, I would have kind of like not scoffed at that, but just kind of been like, oh, that's, that's old news. No pun intended. Um, that's, I enjoyed that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not even that that's old news, but just like, oh, what do they really have to offer? They've been in this bubble. But now I find it a million times more fascinating that they, whether they've been in that bubble this whole time or not, but they have a totally unique perspective. They've, they've been in, the, in that world, but also in that world at the highest level creatively. So, talk, yeah, talking to people like Phil, uh, David Zach as well, and um, I had Mark Stewart from Audio Adrenaline on last That's year. And, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place with this question. But um, I think it's, I think coming around at this age now to like, oh, it's been a good mix of both those things. Like those, those bands that I just mentioned, like laid a good foundation, uh, but also was a springboard into like, how come, how come I can feel God in a room that's like just Jimmy World or Taking Back Sunday playing? Like, like, how come I didn't know this was allowed? And why does this feel different than if I was at, you know, a glorious unseen show? And I think I just liked having all of those experiences and not categorizing them. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I totally get that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm asking this purely out of my own interest. How do you, I mean, like now that you are, not, it's not like a conscious effort, it's just part of what you do, but like you're sort of dabbling, you have quote-unquote musicians from the Christian world and they're, when they're applicable <laughs> to your audience and what you do. Um, but what I've noticed about you is that you somehow have this open gateway nearly between worlds where you are really well-loved and respected by musicians. So people just know you and they're like, this is a dude, if it comes up, this is his face. But but they're not shutting doors on you, which is something I really respect because it's so hard. Only because yeah. I, I say that as someone who works predominantly unwittingly in Christian music um, because I a lot of what I so badly want to have the door open to people who have left or like people who have been hurt or who are no longer Christians but they've been so burned by the industry that of course they're not going to trust a Christian podcast to share their story suit and tie success and dollar signs and buying our time when what we Is that all in your relationship with people? 
thank you for that call. I mean, that's a huge compliment. I, I hope so. Um, even it's funny because the, the podcast with Godspeed started uh, initially, it was me and, and my friend Ryan who started it. And we thought the name was so cool and we didn't think about it sound because it was just the, it was just the good luck. It was, you know, Godspeed on your journey. And that's kind of what the theme that we were playing with at the time. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a response. that's like, Oh, they don't want to do a Christian podcast. Oh. And it's, and it's, it's funny because it's equally as like, well, you, equally presumptuous that you just saw the name of it and thought, this is all this is going to be. Um, but then, I, of course, I get it because they don't want to. They've maybe had a bad experience. They've maybe been hammered by a Christian podcast before. So I, I hope that it's based off of uh, relationships. Like when, when the podcast started, um, I, I thought, okay, let's start with seven episodes. We were like, we're come out, you know, with a bang. Um, and normally, if you're starting something totally from scratch, which is what it felt like, um, you're not going to get, you know, some A-lister right off the bat. You're not, you know, you're not going to pitch to them and say, hey, this is brand new. We have zero listeners. Do you want to come on? And the people that we ended up having for those first seven, some of them were uh, like Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath. Um, oh, my gosh. Sorry. He's a great <laughs> podcast. Please keep going. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, he's cool. Um, Maddie Montgomery from Four Today. Um, I don't know if you know Hotel Books. Um, they're not around anymore. But so we... So we had and Maddie Mullins from Memphis Mayfire. Oh, also um, another dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it was a thing where I thought, okay, we are starting from scratch. Obviously, I have some pull um, in this world, but it's still a brand new thing. It's still a brand new brand and name and all that. And I have Ryan, you know, hosting with me. He hadn't done that stuff before, and so uh, I was pretty like proud <laughs> that we could start with some of those names. And I thought, well, this is for as much as I doubt myself and doubt any skills that I have in this in this scene or this industry stuff like that I have to try to like really be like that that was good you did a good thing uh these guys maybe wouldn't you know hopefully wouldn't say yes to just a stranger off the street with zero views you know so there's stuff that comes around full circle and I'm really good at beating myself up so there's stuff that comes around where I have to be like this is a factual thing that you did a good job on something previously yeah. You know, I think you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, no, I do. Absolutely. And um, and having, I'm just, only from my, my camp, having some of those people, well, one, I'm, I'm always amazed by the interviews you pull in, pull in anyway, um, but I having those people at your start is huge. I have, I have tried to get some of those people on before, and because we don't know each other and because I haven't leaned far enough into that world yet, it's just like a let's not even bother responding because we have so many other things to do. And so I'm just like the fact that people turn to you and trust you with their stories like that so early on and even now is so huge. I feel like you have such a really a really cool, unique position in that because you've built it over so many years. Um, and I want to give you a shout-out as a journalist for that. That is hard work. You don't just – it doesn't come out of thin air. So that's really, really cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, I mean, it's a thing where almost daily you're just like, I'm not, you know, not doing good enough or like, oh, like, yeah, I got that thing, but it was just luck or someone's doing me. Like, there's a million ways you can talk it down. So um, I think, yeah, and I think even with the book, having all these stories now in one place just condensed um, is going to be a good thing personally for me to just be like, yeah, you, you, you did a thing. Yeah, I am. It's it's amazing how even you can even like have a podcast, you can write a book, you can do things, you can kick tick off goals, but still the whole like imposter syndrome still creeps in, and you're just like, but I'm just I'm just me, I'm just doing my thing, (laughs) and and other people see it and they're like, you're amazing, and you're like, "Uh, (laughs) I get it. Yeah, it's always like, well, if you only knew, not so much. Yeah, 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 I get that, but I feel like part of that is probably what drives you forward and why you do such a great job of what you do. That's my, my presumption and my guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope that's true. I mean, uh, the, the same friend that I mentioned a few times, uh, Chris, who's in the band Fallstar, he, when I first sent him like my first draft of the book, uh, he made a comment about like, cause I, I said, I was like, yeah, I'm still adding stories now. Cause I'm before COVID, you know, still doing interviews and still gathering these like funny experiences. And, um, he was like, so this starts when you're like 20, 21 or so, like when you're interviewing bands at the beginning and it goes r- literally right up to like last week. He's like, this is technically your life story, <laughs> like your life's work. 
and yes. life's work is like such a yeah big phrase and I was like oh that's so silly and I was like oh no it kind of is it's everything <laughs> yeah no it's really really cool um let me see what do I have here you know I actually think I've covered my main questions I have some popcorn questions for you but is there anything okay. that I've missed or that you want to talk about um, I don't think so. I mean, for right now, I know this will be out a little bit later, so there'll be links and stuff. Um, Instagram is at name dropping book. That's kind of where I've directed everyone for now. But um, and then at Godspeed Podcast, if you want to check that out. Together, just the way that you remember, and I'll try, yeah, I'll try to see it from another angle. Find the picture on the table, and you are. questions let's see if these are fun or deep who cares either way uh what is your most memorable live performance that you have been to oh it's so hard to say oh i I mean i can't say one but i I will say jimmy world's up there like every time there's something like just super electric about them um and then certainly 21 pilots is like yes otherworldly yeah um there are certain ones that I feel like are maybe just because of like how much I used to love them. That's totally counts. Totally counts. Yeah. 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 I mean, any dashboard, any taking back Sunday, um, circus survives Thursday, like just every time knocks it out of the park. So nice. Um, if you could have someone on the Godspeed podcast that you've never spoken to before, who would be your dream guest? Uh, late. Well, so for the last couple of years, it's almost become a joke but we've come really close a few times to having Russell Brand. (gasps) No, Um, that's so cool. When it it was like even close to happening, I was like, this isn't like, this isn't going to happen. And it it hasn't. Um, But I do feel like it came down to like scheduling and stuff. Like it it wasn't a straight up no, or wasn't a, you know, we're not even going to talk to you, which was that alone was like a victory. Um, I know also that I would not be able to keep up with him whatsoever. (laughs) Um, and then the, the other one too was that for a long time we wanted the wrestler Chris Jericho oh wow um, yes yeah and like Ryan was a huge wrestling fan so Ryan knew a lot more about him but I when we came close we had, we had it scheduled and he cancelled the last minute um, but when we got it scheduled I went out and got all four of his books and was able to only I it was able to read one of them before the, the interview came up but I just like fell in love with him after reading one of them like incredible incredible dude just like as a kid said, all I want to do in life is be a professional wrestler and a rock star. And those, that's all he does today. That's so cool. Just having that kind of like drive and that narrow minded, just like, and he's like, and everyone laughed at me. Cause of course that sounds dumb. It's like, but that's as an adult, that's what I do. And yeah. Awesome. That's so simple. Great. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Excellent answers. I wouldn't, I would not have expected them, but they are so fun. Um, yes. my last question for you. If you could go back and speak to 20-year-old Jamison, uh, right before he was about to start writing, like going on tour writing, being like, I am a journalist, I'm going to own this space, what would you say to him, knowing what you know now? Oh, I definitely write more stuff down. (laughs) 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 Um, Honestly, like, this is not in line with what we've been talking about, but it would kind of be, I almost want to say don't, don't obsess over this stuff as much as you are currently. Um, obviously that's led to a lot of cool things, but there's been times where I thought, I, man, I should have put some more energy into like this or that, this other like part of my life. Um, even like, even like health stuff or just more personal stuff at all. I did, I, I definitely like music and doing all this stuff consumed me for a lot of years, uh, in good and bad ways, I'd say. Um, 
and then also just to obviously to trust myself more and to like be proud of the things that I do accomplish. Um, and don't, you know, don't talk myself down. Don't let other people talk you down. Just, just kind of bullheadedly move forward. Yes. Cause that's kind of what you need to get it done. Yes. Hey, this is Darren with We Are Messengers, and this is the story behind our song, Come What May. Come What May is a celebration of the freedom that we have in knowing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that allows us to see reality as it is. We can't control everything, but we don't need to because we have a God who loves us. So come what may, we will be declaring the absolute, complete, wonderful goodness of God. That was something so different and so fun for me. I love hearing different perspectives from people who don't make the music but are behind the scenes in the music. And when you spend time in the music industry, whether it's Christian or not, you are going to learn about the underbelly of it. You're going to learn about the good and the bad because it's an industry is so much more than just what we are shown on the cover of things. Uh, and as journalists, it's our job to know that and to share the truth behind that. So I really enjoyed my chat with Jamison. I am so thrilled for him that his book Name Dropping is finally out in the world. I know it's been delayed multiple times due to COVID. So this is a huge deal. He found a publisher, which is no small feat. Uh, and I would love for you guys to support him and to download that book or buy that book and read it if you're interested. It would mean a great deal to him. So the book Name Dropping is out now at all good book outlets and online. You will find the link in our show notes if you would like to pick it up. And you can also follow Jamison online on Instagram at name dropping book. His website is godspeedpodcast.com and that's where you will find all his latest episodes and latest interviews. We recently swapped some guests. So he had Phil Joel and David Zack on. I'm working towards getting some of his friends on. He was a person that suggested we get Dan Koch on to talk about end times anxiety last year. And that's one of our most popular episodes. Uh, I loved that conversation. So Go and support Jamison and please um, head to his Instagram and tell him how much you appreciated learning from him. To see someone going through life and to going through their work, um, choosing, I guess you'd say like hope and joy and not getting lost in the cynicism of everything, even when you've seen a lot, is quite remarkable. And I really appreciated that. So thank you so much, Jamison. Thank you for trusting me with your story um, and congrats. So so unbelievably stoked for you, my friends. All right, that is all I have for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks. We will be talking to, are you ready for it? This is a band and nearly like genre that we haven't covered before. It's a band called the Irwins. And the Irwins are a group of siblings from the Southern Baptist denomination who sing gospel-inspired songs. Um, I'm amazed that they can manage to tour and stay so friendly with each other, only because even when you like you love your siblings, it's like when you travel with anyone, it's difficult, right? But these, these four work so hard on that. They work so hard on loving each other well and loving their audience well. They're in a really crucial part of Christian music, a really the really Southern white evangelical part um, and they have such a great capacity to show love and to be like Jesus there so I can't wait for you to hear their story they are so young and they have achieved so much they've already received a Grammy nomination so this is an important interview um, especially if you are looking to widen I would say your point of view or your mindset if you're like me and and just sort of like I want to learn to love the church better please listen to this interview with the Irwins. I think you will really love it. If you enjoyed today's episode, go and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream us. Five stars is always delightful. You know, we love that. And you can press subscribe as well. That would be brilliant. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that. We are online at betweenyouandmepod.com or check us out on Instagram at betweenyoumepod. We are also on Facebook. 
That's all, my friends. I will see you in two weeks for another wonderful episode as we approach 100. Jazz hands. So excited. That's all I have. My name is Jess Morris. Here's to hope. When the road runs dead, you can see a way high And it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for When I see a flood, you see, I promise When I see a grave, you see a door And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts I don't know how you make go away, but I know you will. I don't know how you make go away, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise from Eden to Zion through every dead end and out of that grave. I don't know how you make go away, but I know you will. It's not like you